This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today's guest, Jeffrey Gillaise. He's a friend of mine and my wife, Katie's, who recently went through a struggle with monkeypox. You can hear all about it on podcast, and, and I really, really appreciate his time and his honesty. And hey, if you're in Los Angeles, I am at Largo on the 23rd of August. That's tomorrow. You can still get tickets at CameronEsposito.com. guests on the podcast introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Jeffrey Galace. I'm from New York. I am 41. Oh, that's hard to say out loud, but it's true. Um, yeah. What, what would you like to know? No, I, I mean, that's You've done a great job. Now, this is a little bit of an unusual interview. I mean, I'm, I feel like you probably, we haven't even talked but I feel like you probably got some of the context because you're you're like a regular human being um, who, you know, lives a very cool and exciting life, sort of usually away from the media. Um, but you've had a pretty unusual um, couple of, I don't know, like weeks or months or whatever, whatever the right phrasing is. And we know each other because you are very good friends with my wife, Katie. Um, and you are also the only person that I directly know that I know of who has recently had monkeypox. And this is why I wanted to talk to you because you're just a person I actually know. And you were going through, you know, Katie was telling me you were going through this thing. And then you've also been, you know, pretty open about this on your social media. And because of that, you were getting like media requests and you were on... Yeah. Um, will you tell me where you were? Where were you? Where have you been featured? Um, the Today Show, very briefly, kind of like a quick snapshot, um, and then some local news: CBS, um, NBC, uh, the BBC just did, wrote an article as well. Um, the health, this this a couple of health magazines have been contacting me, and um, I think the New York Times is also writing a piece, not just about me, but. Like you said, I have been very vocal about my experience, and um, that's not the case for everybody. You know, everybody, not everybody feels comfortable enough to talk about their experience. And so I think, you know, once one person kind of wants to talk to you a little bit about it, then another person does and another person does. And um, so I've, I've tried to be, uh, you know, as open about it as I can, because I think it's it's been helpful both for me and for people that hear sort of what I have to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, I will just say for me, I think like distance from New York. So in LA, it's a little bit less on the sort of, you know, local news version of things um, because there's been less of an outbreak here. And then also, you know, I have been, I feel like I've been getting the info from like a great distance. And so, and then, you know, it was really bobbled like the the fucking info was really uh handled poorly and so you know i don't totally have a ton 
of info on what this was like for people. Um, you are currently, by the way, in Portugal, yes? I am, yes. I'm You're, you have a clean bill of health. You have, got to the other well, side you know, of it. mostly. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I have a clean bill of sure. health. <laughs> yes, I have a clean bill of health. In the, in the, in the monkeypox zone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, um, luckily, yes, I'm, I'm in Portugal. I'm traveling. Uh, and I was um, freed from isolation uh, last week. On Monday, I spoke with my doctor. Um, so I, I was, I, I basically was in isolation from July 17th until last week, which had been, which would have been like, I suppose the 10th. Wow. Um, so almost, a, almost a month. I mean, and people can relate to that, you know, like that, yeah. that period of isolation because of COVID many people can relate to. Um, and so it's, it was challenging. It was hard. It was, um, it was a life-changing experience. You know, I, like you said, I'm not in the public eye. I don't so much consider myself, um, I don't so much consider myself like this person that's going to jump out and advocate and like stand in the streets with, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs. But that's what I felt like I needed to do. You know, I felt like, um, I mean, for me, what ha- I mean, I guess if you want me to just talk a little bit about what happened, would that yeah, be helpful absolutely. to kind that's, of get some That's context? what I was going to ask next is to say, yeah. to ask like, when were you aware? What was that like? Let's start at that, at that yes. beginning part. Some of what has been driving me has been uh, like this sort of um, disorganization from the from the federal government on sort of the rollout, right? And local government as well here in New York and, and agencies. So what ended up happening was um, in... Uh, in, in late, like late June, um, I was, one of my friends text messaged me and said, Hey, you should get a monkeypox vaccination was the first time I had ever even heard of it. And I was like, okay, I'll sign up, you know, like whatever. I I don't, I have no problem getting vaccinated for anything. So I'm like, okay, if this, if you're saying that this is what I should do, then I'll do it. And then I got COVID. And so then I couldn't go to my appointment. And what I didn't know was how challenging it was going to be to get another one. You know, I didn't know that um, there was this, there's going to be this massive sort of outbreak coming down the pike where folks were going to be like, you know, the Hunger Games trying to get this vaccine. And Wait, can so I, I stop cancel- you for a second? Yeah. Had you had COVID previously? No. Holy shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> You've had a very, this is a very bad summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not great. Yeah, it's this not This is great. a very challenging summer. Okay, so you got COVID, yeah. which caused you to have to not make that appointment for the vaccination. Um, yeah. Keep, go- keep going with what you were saying. I was isolated. I got the medication yes. for COVID. And then for the 4th of July, I went out to, I didn't get the appointment for the vaccine. And then um, I went out to Fire Island for the week of the 4th, or the week of 4th of July with my friends. And, you know, I was, I was pretty responsible in Fire Island. You know, my, my house is kind of, um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm in recovery and so I'm sober and it's not like I'm out partying and sleeping with a bunch of people. Like that's not my thing, you know? And so I didn't think much of it and I didn't really fit the qualifications to get the vaccine the way that they were describing it. 
And so I didn't think much of it. I didn't think it was really that big of a deal. So when I got, when I got back from Fire Island, I started doing a little bit more research because the vaccines in New York City at that time, they, they scheduled a, they basically scheduled a, um, a time that the vaccines were going to get rolled out online that you could sign up. And the entire website crashed. You know, I was calling and calling and then I was online. I had four different computers. I'm at work and I'm trying to get this vaccine. And that's when I realized, I, you know, I need to get this vaccine, right? So I started kind of researching and I went on a monkeypox hole on Twitter. Please don't look it up and don't Google it because you're just like, the pictures that you see are, are terrifying. I want to I want to stop you again here because, so I feel like there's like some specificity here that, that I'd love to ask about. So number one, even just, I'm a little bit familiar with Fire Island, but for folks that, you know, might not know what you're talking about, it's um, it's like an island that is pretty close to New York City. You can take a train and then a ferry there. Actually, I was just there last weekend for the first time. And there are a couple of towns on this island, like, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, like six towns or something like that. But but a couple of them are specifically like gay meccas. Um, there's like a lesbian zone and then there's like a gay zone. And so you are talking about, you have like a house that you have like almost like a timeshare in, right? Where you and a, a bunch of other folks all split a house for the summer. And it's like part of gay culture to go there in a group and to sort of then interact with other folks in a fun celebratory way. Right. Like I've been, I've also yeah. was just in Provincetown, Massachusetts. It sort of feels like a similar vibe where it's like, it's not that it's like, everybody's having sex on the street or anything like that, but it's like, no. there's like a little bit of a, it's gay summer um, camp. There you go. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's gay yeah. It's like yeah, fun. It's, it's like yeah. a fun, sweet time. Um, that can also be, I think that, that if you, the other thing that you were alluding to is like, also if you were somebody who, you know, did want to like drink a ton, use drugs or sleep around, you could also find that in any of these places. Sure. You just, yeah, you, and, you know, everybody, to, you can also find the beach. And everybody's, you know, you, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And everybody's kind of dancing. It's close quarters. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's a beautiful, special, magical place. You know, it's, it's a place where, you know, New York gays go to feel free and out of the spotlight of the city and the, the hustle and bustle and, you know, everything that comes along with New York City life, you know? Right. Um, I think close quarters is also a helpful because, you know, I think of like pride or like a gay bar, you know, those things have that same thing in common. Like we're going to hug each other a bunch or like there might be, you know, dancing and just like various, various like closeness because it's a it's a yeah. small because it's a community. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
Okay. But you were talking about going back. You're like trying to, to understand how to, how to get this vaccine. Can you, yeah, you know, jump I was, back I, was wor- I was a little nervous because I was out dancing. I was, you know, I participated in uh, the invasion, which is sort of this event that takes place every year on 4th of, on 4th of July. I don't know if you know anything about it, but I'm happy I don't. to tell you about it basically. Um, and you know, I don't, I could be paraphrasing some of this, but in the early eighties, you know, the, the pines is one neighborhood that you were kind of referring to um, in uh, Fire Island, where folks go. Um, and, and in the early 80s, it was very straight there. Um, and actually, Cherry Grove, which you kind of were alluding to being sort of sort of where the lesbians go, um, which is true, partly true. But that was re- really where all the gays were, right? It was in Cherry Grove. And they, uh, the Pines restaurant, there was one restaurant in town there, and they, would ha- they had this um, drag queen come over to perform. And the drag queen, when they were finished performing, sat down to eat. And they basically said, you can't sit down to eat in drag. You know, you have to change your clothes. It's distracting to the customers, even though they had just performed at the restaurant. So the drag queen got very upset, went back to Cherry Grove. And there's like a little ferry that goes from one town to the next town, told all of their girlfriends uh, and, and friends there. And everybody put wigs and heels on and went over and kind of invaded the restaurant at the Pines. So then it it became sort of a tradition every year that, you know, folks would go from Cherry Grove to the Pines and everybody dresses in drag and kind of goes over on the ferry. It's it's fun. It's a good time. It's all in good spirit nowadays. But um, but that that was really how it started. And um, and so I participated in that for the first time ever. And you're like really close to people on the ferry and like. I had like, you know, my wig and like little lingerie on. I definitely like, saw I had, pictures of you from this. <laughs> yeah, like I had no, like nothing. Like I felt like when I got back from that trip, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, God, I was with so many people and like touching people and I'm on the ferry and now I'm reading about this monkey pots and I got really, really nervous, you know? And so um, that wasn't where, that wasn't where I got, ended up getting monkey pots, but I, that was what kind of started my researching and wanting to get the um, wanting to get the vaccine. So I couldn't get the vaccine. I tried to call the Department of Health, and when I was talking to the and it's not her fault. She had a script and a talking points, but she was like, don't worry, you'll get it tomorrow. You know? And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm not going to end up getting this tomorrow. And then she's like, well, you know, can I interest you in a flu shot instead? And I was like, no, that's not really what I need. I've had my flu shot. Thanks. But you know, again, I don't think it's her fault. It's just, like, this is how unprepared our healthcare system was for this crisis for our community. You know, it's just, um, they didn't have the knowledge to be able to help people through this. And they certainly weren't set up with the technological things that needed to happen in order to um, give people equitable access to the vaccine. So this is why I started getting mad, right? I started getting upset. I started going, I started looking at stuff on Twitter. And then I was just kind of like mad, you know? And um, I, I had, I had like had an experience, um, the, the weekend before, not in Fire Island, but in my apartment and, um, didn't really attribute that to anything outside of the norm. You know, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like how this disease is being described, you know, like sort of people, a lot of slut shaming and people, you mean like a hookup with lots and lots of people. Yeah. And, um, And I think that's like, this is what I think people forget. You know, I think every, everybody that I've met and talked to has their own story about how they got monkeypox, you know, and people are individuals and they have a story. And that story sometimes includes anonymous sex and sometimes doesn't, 
You know, sometimes it includes one partner and sometimes it includes 10, you know, people are, there's a spectrum of, you know, people having sex. And so I, you know, I've been trying to remind people that like, Hey, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, it, this happened, it sucks. And I'm sorry that it's happening to you, but you don't have to beat yourself up and and feel guilt and shame for doing this thing. You know, it's like, we have to get past that. But Anyhow, so I had that experience. I was looking for the vaccine. Some of these things are kind of happening simultaneously. Didn't really know the risk attached to what I was doing. Just kind of like had this thing. So um, I decided I didn't get a vaccine appointment. I was going back out to Fire Island that coming weekend. So I went, I went out to Fire Island. I was staying with a friend of mine, um, not in my share, but in another, another person's house just as a guest. And while I was there... I started, um, I was able to get a vaccine appointment for Sunday, the 17th. And so I was like, well, I'm going to cut my trip early. I'm going to leave early because I need to go get this vaccine. And when I'm, on Sunday morning, the 17th of July, when I woke up, I started feeling sick. And I, I basically, my, I woke up in a pool of sweat. Don't know if that I had a fever yet, but I felt very achy. And my, my um, groin was very swollen. And I just, I had a headache and a sore throat. And I just, I felt fatigued and off, you know, I felt like something was wrong. And of course, I also thought maybe this is psychosomatic, which a lot of people think, like I've been reading about this. It's all over the media. It's all over the news. Like, am I convincing myself? Do I know? Do I not know? And I didn't have any marks anywhere, but I did have a little sty in my eye. And that worried me because I read that, you know, if you get it in your eye, it's really bad. And I started freaking out a little bit. So I started going to my social media and I was looking on social media because I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm on the train heading back to, for my vaccine appointment. I don't know if I should even get this vaccine because I don't feel good, but I know if I cancel it, like I did, you know, three weeks earlier, I'm not going to have a chance to get another one. And what if I just have a cold? So I, I get home. Um, I started messaging this doctor on Instagram, Dr. Carlton, and he's, you know, he's a gay from San Diego and he had just been posting a lot of like vaccine appointments and how to get it and just a lot of information. And I was just following him. So, I, and he has like, you know, probably, I don't know, he's got like thousands of followers. I have like 2,500 followers, you know, he's on Instagram, he's got like 25,000. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to snap a picture of it and ask him what he thinks. You know, I know this guy's probably really busy. He's probably not going to respond. And he responded in two seconds. You know, he like took time out of his day and was like, I think that's just a style. You probably don't have much to worry about, but I, I am a little worried about other symptoms. And so, you know, you might want to just go to the doctor, give the doctor a call tomorrow or see how you feel tomorrow, which is the case with this disease. You know, this, this virus, it's very much, you know what, that could be an ingrown hair or it could be monkeypox, but let's see what it looks like tomorrow because it really, it very much progresses and gets worse and worse and worse day by day. And that that was what, what happened for me. And I just felt like, gosh, this guy's going to take his time and respond to me. Like, can I donate? I asked him, you know, can I donate something? Like, is it, can I like, is there a charity that you work with? Like, I know you've just spent like, you know, an hour with me chatting and I know you don't have time for that. You're probably a busy guy. And he was like, don't worry about it. You know, I just, I want you to feel okay. And that just, it just really touched me, you know, that he was willing to do that and, and talk to me. And I was very scared. Um, I was very scared because I, I just, again, had gone down the Twitter hole of like everything that monkeypox could possibly be. And basically, um, when I went to bed that night, I did go to get the vaccine. When I went to bed that night, my fever spiked to 103 
And it stayed that way between 101 and 103 until Tuesday. Like I just, I had the shakes. Um, I, I was either freezing or sweating. Um, and I knew like, I knew something was wrong. So I went to the walk-in clinic. The walk-in clinic tested me for strep, for COVID, for the flu. And I knew I just had COVID and I was like, if I get COVID again, come on, you know, but, um, all of those came back negative. And then I did make an appointment with my doctor, my actual PCP, who I couldn't get in with on Monday for the following Tuesday. And when I went to see my PCP, um, he was very supportive, very helpful, a gay doctor. And he was like, I, you know, at that point I had, I had one lesion and one lesion on my butt and one lesion on my, I think right here on my neck. Um, I'm like sort of my collarbone. And so he swabbed both of those and he said, it's most likely monkeypox. He's like, it's going to take the test a while to come back, but it is most likely monkeypox. And um, he was like, you know, it's especially in, um, if you get like proctitis with it, or if you have it in your sort of rectal region or in your genital region, it can be very, very excruciating and very, very painful. And so he's, he described to me a medication that I could take. And um, luckily I already knew about the medication and I knew to ask for it. Uh, but if I didn't know and he didn't know, I would never would have gotten it. And, and so I, he was like, I, I, it's hard, very hard to get, but I'm going to recommend you for this drug called T-Pox. Um, and the only way you could get it is by interviewing for, um, a study with NYU and I have to text them, but I, I'm not affiliated with, he was like, I'm not affiliated with NYU, but I have a connection there and I think I can get you into the study and I'd like to, because I think it's going to be a bad case. So I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, scary, right? Here's some other questions that I just have. So so you have this information. Along the way, were you talking to people that you had been in proximity with about what was happening for you and how, how was that going? I, well, I didn't have very many people to talk to, you know, Mm because one, one, my one friend who I was like sharing a bed with, um, while I was in fire on that weekend, I had been talking to him all along and he didn't have any symptoms and I started developing symptoms first. Um, so that was one. And I really hadn't, honestly, because I had just had COVID, I kind of been haven't been around a lot of people as it is. Right. And so I did reach out to the guy that I had been with the weekend before. And he's, and I said, Hey, listen, you know, and I, I wanted to be very careful because I don't, I didn't feel like it was, I wanted to get the information that I needed from him, but I didn't want him to feel like, what did you do? You know, I didn't want him to feel sort of attacked. And so I just reached out and I said, Hey, I just wanted to check in on you and see how you're feeling. I'm not feeling too well. I'm feeling kind of sick and I have a little rash and I just wanted to see if you were okay. And, um, and he did message me back, um, the next day and he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't get back to you. I am actually not feeling well. I am sick. Oh and, no. Yeah. And so then, I mean, then I obviously yeah. knew, but that, right. at that point it was, my doctor had pretty much confirmed it anyways at that point. Um, so I pretty much knew and, and, you know, it's not, it is what it is. You know, it's not that. This is just somebody that you, this is like on an app. You like met this person on an app? Um, a, a, a while a back. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a more consistent, thing. a more consistent. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So somebody yeah. you met yeah. on an app and like we occasionally, an app. yeah. And yeah, occasionally right. there's like something that comes from this yeah. 
Could you say fuck buddy on on this? Yeah, like yeah, you, you can say, say fuck, fuck buddy. buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah totally. Fuck buddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's like part of a couple people that you like have in that zone, or like this is an ex- one person that's in that zone, or like a couple people in that zone. What's that like for you? Well, I uh, so there's a couple people in that zone, um, but I have. Um, I have, I mean, it's, it's a more complicated answer. I'm, I'm happy to answer it, but like, so two things for me personally, right? Is one is I also work a program for like sex and love addiction. So I really try to limit the number of people that I'm with and, and sort of exposed to anyhow, um, just cause I don't, I don't want that experience for my life. And then two, I also had a, I had some surgery in May, um, for, uh, in my rectal area, basically. I had some reconstruction surgery, we'll just call it, um, in my rectal area. So I've been set sort of out of commission for a while. And this was sort of like my first kind of ease, easing back into it. So I haven't had a lot. I mean, I've certainly gone through periods in my life where I've had, you know, multiple sexual partners. This is really just wasn't one of those times or periods just because A, it's not what I want for my life right now. And B, you know, I just don't have the wherewithal to be able to do, you know, it's not not the space that I'm in. I ask those questions because, you know, and I really appreciate you just answering. Thank you. You also don't have to. Um, but something that strikes me is, so I, I like don't have a ton of experience on apps. Like I just haven't, that hasn't been my experience. I think part of it is like having such a public job. I have never right. not been able to meet people. Like my, you know, I started doing improv when I was 19, like the same time I started dating women and you know, part of it is like, I've been in a ton of long-term relationships, but another part of it is like, there's just always somebody around when you do my job. Like I've always been doing this job. Queer people are always around. Like it's just never been hard. And I could imagine that that would not be true if I was like an accountant or a teacher. Like, it's like, you're like limited by, you know, when we become adults and we leave school for a lot of us are social interactions can get really limited and that's just not true for me. So I just have never used apps as nothing to do with like a lack of interest or a lack of, you know, or like any stigma. But, you know, I think the way that we previously have talked about, you know, gay men hooking up, like cis gay men hooking up, it just strikes me. And this is just like an outsider's opinion. I have no idea if this is fucking true that like, that is how sort of everybody hooks up now that's like a younger person. It just feels like the apps have really equalized things in terms of like how people talk to each other. And the reason I was asking you to describe that is because like, you know, I know that a big part of a sort of like homophobic response to monkeypox is like, just don't have sex. Well, just like, you know, this is in your community, just don't have sex. And first of all, that's like such a an unhelpful way to approach anything. We know that that doesn't work for like, for instance, uh, as a, as a way of preventing abortion, like literally nothing works less than telling people not to have sex. Um, but also, you know, I feel like we, we all are having all of all people that are in a sexually active zone. It sounds like all of my friends that are in a sexually active zone and don't have one monogamous committed partner, it sounds like what you're describing. Yeah. So I just feel like that's another thing where like when we apply it to gay men, because of history, because of homophobia, because of the AIDS crisis, it's like grandfathered in that there's this sort of like special um, 
you know, disgust that's really shifted onto this community. And it's like, that was always shitty, but it feels, it feels, and, and this was, that was always shitty. And it was always out of step with what was really happening for straight people. But today it's like, we actually have the information. Like if you're just on TikTok or if you talk to any of your friends, you'll know that like a lot of people that I know that are in your situation would describe a very similar you know, if you're like, if you're seeing people, if you're sexually active, if you're dating around, kind of sounds like what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, and here's the other piece, right? So like, and this is what I, like, I, you know, I've been running this support group um, for people that are suffering from monkeypox. And th- this is what I try to tell people all the time, right? Is like, we as young gay people did not have homosexual role model relationships to sort of look at, you know, so I, I'm like, I love my brother. My brother was a little bit older than me. My brother was, in, my brother is heterosexual and his girlfriends were always allowed to sleep over. And when he had trouble with girls, he could talk to my mom or he could talk to my dad. And I didn't have that. You know, I had to learn how to keep my sexuality a secret. And now I believe that some of this has changed, but some of it's still the same, you know, and at a young age, like thinking about life like that and relationships like that and intimacy like that. And then having to learn that you have to keep that part of you a secret because otherwise you might feel or develop shame towards it. You, when you reheal over those wounds, when you start to mature, it takes a lot of therapy to unpack all of that. You know, like, yeah. I, don't, I, I like, so that manifests itself in what is comfortable. And that is what I learned which was keeping sex sort of compartmentalized in my life, right? And so, I mean, I've definitely done a lot of work and a lot of therapy around that, but I think that's very true for a lot of gay people that that, that's the way that we look at relationships versus like, you know, the straight couple that's like, oh, I'm, you know, I've moved out and we're thinking about having kids and I can talk about all this stuff with my mom. No, I can't do that, you know? That's such a good point. And, you know, I will say for me, I for sure have like, turn-ons and things that I'm like interested in that are like around, you know, around taboos that were, that are just like, that are, that are about secret and, and like bad, you know, stuff that where it's like, where, where if you trace it back, you're like, oh shit. Like I'm, I'm fine with the fact that this works, I guess, but also like, (laughs) damn it. I hate where it comes from, you know? Um, Yeah. But, and I would also say that I really appreciate your, your context there. I mean, I know for me, like, I, like, I got married. I, you know, I was one of, like, the first people that I knew that got married when we had the right to get married. And, like, yeah, I guess there were some other people there with me, but, like, I was, I didn't know older people. I knew some other people that were also my peers and, like, then got divorced. And some of that is, like, I guess just, like, you know, marriage doesn't always work out. But another part of it is like, how the fuck were we supposed to like get this right and then know what to do with it? Like that is a a wild expectation to put on a group of people. Um, and it feels similar to what you're talking about in terms of like, okay, now just actually come on out. You can come out of the closet and be together and you're, and it's just like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Right. I I was, I was, there was a time when I was 12 when it would have been like so helpful <laughs> to have learned any of this stuff. It's a pretty um, unreasonable expectation. Sure. And then, you know, and then you have society wanting to blame, 
right? On top of that, like, oh, like, how do I trust that you actually mean that when now we're having this crisis in, you right. know, our community and it's like, oh, see, now you just shouldn't have had sex. It's your fault anyways. And now all the kids are going to get it. You know, it's like, no, that's not, that doesn't feel good. You know, right. it's like, it's like, no, I don't, then I don't actually trust that you ever were going to be an advocate for me, you know? Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, also, it's complicated because this is like not specifically an STD, but it is a disease, but it is a virus that like spreads through close contact and and sex is one way that we (laughs) are in close contact. And like, that's complicated too. Obviously, that's complicated for like the, you know, gay male community. But I think that's also complicated for like, yeah, any gay community because, or any queer community because like, our sex is already so, well, either like fetishized or horrifying. Um, or politicized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you were struggling and, and not feeling well, what is the moment where you thought you should be honest about this, like in a larger than with your you know friends, like social media? What, what was the impetus for that? Um, well, it's a couple of things. I think, uh, be honest is the wrong way to say it. Let me like, just when you decided to talk about it publicly, that's a better. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I, I, I think there's a couple of things there for me. I think one, I felt like I wanted my friends to be careful because I was in so much excruciating pain. When I tell you I was on the ground in the bathroom crying and mind you, I told you I had already had some surgery down there. And so I've experienced pain there before. And this was 10 times worse than anything I've ever experienced. And, um, it, I was just in so much pain. I really wanted to make sure that my friends that knew that what I was experiencing just went and got vaccinated. Cause I had some of my friends being like, oh, I'll just get it next month. I'll just get it next month. And I was like, please do not wait because if I could get it, you could get it. You know, it's like, I wasn't doing anything different than anybody else. In fact, I was probably doing a lot less. And so I just felt like, you know, let me try to like, just start reaching out to my friends, texting them. Hey, did you get your vaccine? Do you know where to get it? How do you get it? All of that. So I started texting friends and then I started kind of just, I felt like people kept asking me questions on Instagram about like, when I was like saying, Hey, did you get the vaccine? And so I felt like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of share what I'm going through each day. And it was really cathartic for me. You know, it was like, really, it felt like I didn't really think about, um, I didn't think about the like sort of repercussions or, or stigma or anything like that, because I don't feel shameful about anything that I did. And I understand why people do and how they do. I don't want them to, but that's their, you know, that's their experience. I can't, I can, all, all I can say is I love you and you did nothing wrong. This is not your fault. But for me, I felt like, let me just start sharing. So I just did like an Insta, I never done an Instagram story, like um, a, an Instagram reel before, you know, I just, I never just talk about myself. I don't do that, but I did it. And then people started responding. And then all of a sudden it was like, people started messaging me. Hey, I saw this. My friend sent it to me. I'm so sick. And I mean, when I tell you I have, hundreds of text messages from people in so much pain. I just didn't know what to do with it on my own. You know, I mean, I've been saving these because I think they're so powerful when we talk about sort of the, the inability of government to be able to respond without, I, I just didn't understand why people were struggling to get tested, get treated, get medication, like all of that. 
Can I ask you another question? This is like very specific. So you can absolutely say again that you, so the, the pain that you're specifically talking about is, was, was that, was that the same for like, so the lesions that you're describing the way the the ones that I've seen sort of look almost like a chicken pock or something like that. Um, and was that this, were they all painful to the same amount or was it like body part specific? And that is part of why maybe people would not like a public health official or whatever is not necessarily sharing this information because of stigma. Cause you're talking about like having surgery by the way i have had butthole surgery we've never talked about this <laughs> because i because i tore my butthole sorry um yeah it was terrible um terrible. i hated it yeah <laughs> yeah uh so <laughs> i will just say i really really hated it and i would not recommend but also so glad that i had it because the alternative was um to have a torn butthole and that one was not working <laughs> for me um right and but anyway very very painful and so that's kind of why i'm asking is like is is part of why People have not been talking about the pain. Is it like, because if you're getting this in your like groin or whatever, then like that's something that like CNN is having a harder time saying or like a local official. Is that, is there, is there a relationship there in what you've, in the people I, you've been talking to? Yeah, there's definitely some discomfort in sharing that. Um, I mean, I've definitely been a little hesitant or like, you know, I think your audience here, probably I feel a little more comfortable talking about that, but you know, CNN, not so much, but yeah, totally. um, but yeah like, so like not everybody's experience is, is not the same, right? A throat lesion is very painful, right? And you can get that just from making out with somebody, like if right. somebody else has, you know, that, that can happen. Right. That's like, and then they're getting co-infections with strep Oh throat. my God, that's so awful. Yeah. And then, oh, so for so me, awful. I had it. I had it rectally. And so every, all of my lesions were not that painful. But what I learned from other folks was that unless they're, they have bottom shame and they're just, you know, not, not admitting it, but I know some tops that also had developed proctitis, which is not necessarily having a lesion in your hole, but that your hole swells and, and then sort of, you have this terrible pain, this terrible proctitis pain oh is not necessarily related to a lesion, but it is related to the monkeypox virus. And so oh my that, God. that does happen to 30% of the cases. Oh my God. Yeah, of course, nobody's talking about this because this is like, because we're, because. Because <laughs> <laughs> how do you say that to CNN? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you say that to CNN. <laughs> oh my God, this is so terrible. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And then Thank you, you have a group that just, you know, then you have the face ones, right? The, right. The, which yeah. are, they look terrible and they are so painful. It's almost like, it's almost like a herpes outbreak times 20 across your face. And I actually think I'm not a doctor, but I think that there are some, um, I think there are some connections and co-infections to like, if you're predisposed to herpes, that it's creating that outbreak through monkeypox and herpes at the same time. Oh like, God. I believe that to be true just based on what I've been seeing. And then you have guys with it, like, you know, on their dicks, basically. And, you know, like, caught or uncut, the monkeypox don't care. You know, it's it's like, it's very, it's Jesus very painful. In, in the urethra, like, under the foreskin, you know, that wasn't my experience. But I know many, 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 many people. Very okay. painful. Yeah. Um, the lesions themselves are itchy, very, very itchy. And then they start to get this pustula. And then they, they basically what happens is they will either pop 
or if you have medication, like I was able to get medication. So mine kind of retreated. So everything that right. I had kind of went other than a couple of them, um, retreated in rather than, I think there's like, they were saying there's like 12, 12 life cycles of the lesion that they go through. If you can get the medication early enough, it cuts that and basically in half. So they go away rather than going through their whole life cycle. Do we know anything about like, is this, is it like chicken pox where it's like, now you've had it and you're all set? Like, do we know anything? Do you know any of that stuff? I don't know any of that stuff. I haven't heard that. They, they believe that to be true. Okay. However, the way that this is acting is unclear. So they really Got don't it. know. Um, no one will really give you an answer, though they think, you know, that the health officials say they, they believe that to be true because of the nature of orthopox viruses um, to begin with. They do believe that to be true, but... I don't know. I think I'm still going to get my second vaccine because um, I've also heard, and I don't, yeah, I don't even want to say it because I don't, I don't know. They're, they're basically um, about medication and, and having taken the medication, but until we have really um, the, uh, what are they called? The, um, when they can test whether or not the virus is in your system, uh, then we won't know, you know, how much of the virus is in your system than, you know, until we have regular tests like that, like we did for COVID, you know. Like the antibody the recall, test. The antibody test. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Until like they have regular, I haven't been able to find them. I, that doesn't mean that they don't, they're not there. I just haven't looked that hard, but I'd like to get an antibody test and that would tell, that would tell you how much of the virus is in your system. And again, this is like anecdotal. So I'm just asking you because you're somebody I know who is in contact with more people that are currently dealing with this than anybody else. Cause, I, Cause also something worth saying is that, that I think is really beautiful is you like, you started a support group on zoom for folks who were going through this. And actually you just had it today, correct? Yeah. You yeah. had it like right before this and it's yeah. an hour long. It is. And, yeah. And like what, if you had to guesstimate how many folks are on that, what, how many folks come through? I would say eight to 20 on a given day. I was That's doing it really every day. Amazing. It is. And they're from all over. Like, Switzerland, Poland, the United States, uh, Canada, Toronto, um, California, Ohio, Atlanta. I mean, this is just, it's, there's, people don't have access to the, uh, there's a lot of mental health stuff there. It's layered. Mm -hmm. It's very layered, especially for those folks that um, are closeted uh, and not out. And oh, for I those that think about that. Yeah. Oh my mm -hmm. God. I didn't even um, and and then also for those that um, have lived through AIDS, right? The the PTSD and the trauma that they are. This is not the same as AIDS, right? It's not it's it's not fair to compare them because AIDS people died. You know, this is not a deadly disease, but it is very re-traumatizing for the community, especially for those that lived through this, because it just brings back all of that stuff and the way the response from the government and, you know, everything else. It just, it really is a topic that comes up quite a bit, actually. This is also something that I, you know, thought about a lot um, early in COVID too, is when people would talk about sort of casually about like immunocompromised folks as if that was, so, you know, you know that my wife Katie is an immunocompromised person. And so like that was whenever people would talk about immunocompromised folks that didn't feel far away, but then for our community, that also isn't far away. And that's another thing I've been thinking about with the context of monkeypox. It's like, but we're a community, we're just like statistically by numbers, even if folks are 
like in a zone where things are totally managed, like it's just more folks are living with HIV than in other communities. And so it's a different community when a virus pops up. Like I think it psychologically, medically, like there's a lot of different ways where it like affects our community in a different way um, because of that. Like when we talk about immunocompromised people, that's like that to me feels very, like I, I think it always made me feel like that's a lot of queer people you know, that are in that zone. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about that with, with, uh, with monkeypox too, because it's just, it's not like the same being casual about even, I know, I know what you're saying is that like, yes, this is not, you know, decimating a community the same way, but it just is when you layer different things on the same community, right. The outcomes are complicated. Sure. And then there's, then they don't have the mental health resources to be able to, to get the support that they need in order to deal with all of that. Right. So that, yeah. that's, uh, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist, you know, I don't know if I should even be running these support groups. It's just a space for people to talk that are going through the same thing, you know, and there's a lot of yeah. power in that as well. That's right. Um, yeah. Look, I want to send you back into your vacation pretty soon, but I wanted to, I, well, first I also want to say, I think it's kind of amazing that you're back out there. I think for me, I'm trying to think if I, I feel like I'd be scared if I was you. I'm scared, like I feel like terrified. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last night I had. I mean, I'm. It's good. So I had a week before I went back before I went on vacation and going out onto the street in my neighborhood. I felt like I had to wear like you know sunglasses and a hoodie and be covered up completely, <laughs> even though my doctor cleared me to totally. go out just because I was afraid how people were going to react. And how people weren't going to react, you know, both at the same time. And that, like, I did see a couple of people and they were like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, and I was just like, okay, you know, I'm fine now. I'm okay, but I'm, it's a lot, you know? Like, I don't know what to say or that if people don't say anything at all. But being sort of away and with my best, you know, some of my best friends, it feels a little bit like a better transition because we're all in such sort of a different space and they know the journey that I've been on. And at the same time, it is still scary. Like I'm laying in a bathing suit on the beach and I feel completely exposed. And um, I basically like look down and I see like a, a, a puck mark on my, you know, on my ankle, which is a scar, you know, maybe it won't be there forever. Um, and then on top of that, like I had a dream last night that I was like drowning. And then while I was drowning, I had puff marks coming up on me, like monkey pock marks coming up on me. So now like, not only am I having the drowning dream, but now my drowning dreams include monkey pox. Like it's like, Jesus you know, it's just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. So I'm going to have these for a while, you know, do you have, sure. you can, you have like, you have some scars. I, you, I'm, I, I can't like, like see any. Thing in your you face can't right really there. see, like, I don't know if you can see. Oh, like yeah, that. I can see that. Uh huh. Like those. No, I don't, I didn't have anything on my, I just had one on my face and that disappeared. And then I, on my foot, I have one as well. Yeah. So it's a little faint, but like you obviously yeah. know what that's from and had the I experience do. of having that there. So it's like, I'm sure it doesn't feel faint to you. I mean, um, I had 65 all over me when Jesus Christ. I was at the peak of it before I was able to get the medication. Cause it took me eight days to get the medicine. So, um, wow. but the second I started the day I started taking it the next day, it went down by 10, it went down by tw- like 15 wow. and then so on and so forth. They just kind of re 
tracted in. And these ones that you're seeing on my arm, they sort of, those were the ones that kind of went their full life cycle, um, which wasn't very many. It was like 10 that actually went their full life cycle. Have you been in touch with the the other dude in this situation? Do you know how he's doing? He's okay. The fuck buddy yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I offered my support group too, which is weird, but I did offer, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's kind We got to help you? each other. We got to yeah. help each other. Yeah. Well, I want you to have a wonderful rest of your vacation. And th- I want to thank you so much for giving so much of your time to our community, not just in the last couple months of your life, but also today. Um, and before I send you back into your life, I just wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is like any person, place, or thing that made you feel like you could be who you are today. Oh gosh. Um, Dr. Carlton all the way. You can follow him on Instagram. Like he is my, my queero and he is everything I needed to know about monkeypox and, um, and then some for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate this. I feel like all of this information is like not something I was getting anywhere else, which also is fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it should not be that this is where we're getting the information. <laughs> Query with Cameron Esposito should not be a fucking news source. Um, but I really, really appreciate your time and, you. and, your, and your honesty. Thanks a lot. It was great to see you. 